Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Murph here. It's Monday. It's the start of the free agency tampering period. And boy, we've had a lot of action already just in the few hours that free agency tampering has been open. Uh, some unbelievable deals. Uh, felt we needed to get on, talk about this and get this out. And I've got no doubt that I'm going to interrupt uh, Lee, who's joined me, or Lee is going to interrupt <laughs> me uh, with breaking news. So uh, similar to last year, we wanted to say breaking news quite a bit in this podcast. But Lee, how are you doing? How is uh, how's everything? Yeah, not doing too bad. Happy that uh, we've got some fresh news coming through. It's exciting to sit at the computer and, and keep everything. I'm at work and... I've got a separate tab open with um, the audio playing in my ears from NFL Network, trying to keep up with everything. Amazing. See, this is one of the only benefits of being stuck at home with the coronavirus, uh, dooming us all to be at home. Um, update, none of us are still have the coronavirus, so that is uh, that is good news. We can confirm that Fiber Rush is coronavirus-free, as far as we're aware right now. But we are self-isolating. We are in different rigs at this moment in time. I upgraded my rig this week with a new office chair, wireless mouse and wireless keyboard uh, nice so slightly more prepared for a long stint at home but nobody cares about my home rig setup let's uh let's get into the news um it's kind of a difficult place to start um i kind of thought that the order of this would be talking about the um updates over the weekend i thought we'd be talking about cba but i think really that the first place we we have to uh, go is what's happening between the Cardinals and the Texans because there's been an absolute blockbuster trade uh, that's gone on between the Cardinals and uh, and the Texans today literally in the last 20 minutes with it's uh, full disclosure 620 on Monday night as we're as we're talking about this Lee what, what what was the trade so we've got um, DeAndre Hopkins hang on I've just actually it's just popped up the exact trade details so it's the Texans get David Johnson, a second-round draft pick this year, a fourth-round draft pick next year, and the Cardinals get star-wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins and a 2024-round pick. Oh, so there's an extra pick in there. There's an extra pick in there for next year. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So there's a, a fourth-round 2021 pick in there. 
See, this is the problem. When the news starts to leak out, especially during the tampering window, first of all, it came through as there's a trade for David Johnson. It's like, oh, that's quite big news. He's going to the Texans. Then it drops that is actually DeAndre Hopkins is going the other way and then just things get crazy. Yeah, I can't believe this trade has happened. I want to know what Bill O'Brien is doing because I'm just baffled now. Like, um, I don't quite understand this trade. Like, you've got a player who... I think it's fair to say he's in the, in a decline. He's had injuries. He's had a number of issues over the last few seasons. Uh, David Johnson, after having two explosive seasons under Bruce Arians. Yep. And then now uh, he's been traded, which the Cardinals are absolutely loving because it means they can get him off the books. And they've somehow managed to get DeAndre Hopkins, who is arguably the top two or three wide receivers in the game, some will argue he's the best in the game, and um, can't fault that argument there. And so I can give you actually give you his rank. Sorry, to just come up on screen. He's third in receptions, third in receiving yards, and second in receiving touchdowns since 2013. See, it just is, and and basically all that the Cardinals given up is David Johnson, who when they transition tagged, and we'll get to that spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> Uh, Kenyon Drake earlier on they've only given up a second round pick and a 2021 fourth and a player they were looking to get off the books I think it's phenomenal business by by Steve Kime I think he's under pressure it's fair to say after you know drafting two first round quarterbacks in back-to-back years but I mean phenomenal job by him to get this trade done to get uh, an asset who they overpaid and a declining asset off the books, but Bill O'Brien, I mean, what, what is he doing? Like, I don't, I just, I don't understand this trade at all. Like I don't understand from the, the Bill O'Brien point of view, what, what they're, what they're thinking of here, unless they're going to draft this replacement with that second round pick. I mean, it, it's, it's screams of desperation. I, I think this is probably now, funnily enough, me and you were on before the start of last season, talking about the trade for Laramie Tunsil. I think that's still relevant right now because this just screams a desperation of trying to get a high draft a high draft pick for this year's deep draft. But this is a crazy way to do it. This is why so many teams have a general manager and a head coach and not have one person doing the same job. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't understand the logic on it. And I think that the Texans, I look at their wide receiver core now and they've gone from being pretty well stacked to all of a sudden your number one guy there is Will Fuller, who is chronically injured. Or Kenny Stills. Yeah, and I thought Kenny Stills played played well last year, but he's not a number one. I'm not, uh, no. I, I, no, in no way am I trying to say he's he, he's stepping in for DeAndre Hopkins. I think elite wide receivers are hard to come by, and, and, and Nuke Hopkins is still relatively young. He's got a lot of years left to go on his career. I I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I thought last year when the Giants got rid of OBJ for the what I thought was a pittance that they did. Um, thought that was crazy but then to, to see this trade with no first round pick in it i think is is baffling it's just baffling i'm in um, a mock draft of the um the draft network uh, expert uh, forum and i got the texans in that and i in the second round drafted uh, jonathan taylor uh-huh. so i basically with my second round pick and they could have got a decent second round uh running back and if they'd gone that way I wouldn't have blamed them they could have got one of the top four or five running backs in this class with that pick I'm pretty confident so for, for there's a, a fraction need of the price for a fraction of the price you get to keep DeAndre Hopkins so uh, maybe there's some cap movement in there um, but they're taking on heavy cap with uh, with Arizona but I mean DeAndre Hopkins is I don't think he's ridiculously priced um but I just, I just don't know where to go with this. I just think it's, a, it's a massive coup for for Arizona, and they're going to be a team to definitely watch now, uh, next season. Just with this one, uh, this one deal, or already seems to upgrade them with the quarterback they got last year, the assets they've got, and I think they they've definitely taken a step in the right direction. I'm just looking at, at Hopkins' numbers actually. They're Twelve and a half million this year, thirteen and a half million next year, um, and forty just under fourteen million in twenty twenty two. Which I think for him, I don't think that's bad money. No, definitely. I, I mean, I'd be happy paying him that much money. I mean, yeah. The the other thing it does is this kind. It's kind of an interesting move because it it puts Arizona into more of a a competitive 
phase right now, but it also kind of, this may extend the career of Larry Fitzgerald somewhat because he's now on a competitive team where he's not the guy. Do you know what I mean? Where he can be the number two guy. And I, I love Larry Fitzgerald, but do you know what I mean? He, he needs, at his, this stage of his career, DeAndre Hopkins is going to, it might be the best thing that's ever happened there. Oh, I just got some breaking news. So I think that trade that you mentioned to me, there was a trade that was about to break. Uh, I think I have it. Um, the Ravens are trading tight end Hayden Hurst and a fourth rounder to the Falcons for a second and fifth round pick. Okay, so that explains why they were happy to let Hooper walk. Spoiler. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of that through this. Yeah, I think I think there is. Um, I, yeah, anyway, so we we'll move away from the the DeAndre Hopkins deal. That that's really the the sort of big eye catching trade of the day. Although this this trade now. Hayden Hurst going to Atlanta makes sense. Uh, they need a tight end. That fills a hole. Falcons giving up. I guess they swapped a, they swapped a fifth for a fourth, so they've given up a second and a slight upgrade from a fifth to a fourth. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. I think Hayden Hurst is a good tight end. Problem is injuries with that. So, um, but but never mind. Um, let's look at the big payday um, so far. The biggest winner of. Uh, the tampering period so far, and it's uh, Eric Armstead who's agreed to a five-year, $85 million extension with the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I know he had a good a good season last year, but that's a, that's a lot of cheddar for a guy who I do like, but I don't think he's $85 million good. No, some of that production definitely seemed to be based on, you know, the other players around him. When you look, look at the, the sort of his full body of work, you know, as well as last year, definitely the improvements on the line there and, and the team overall has definitely helped him get a big payday. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think Nick Bosa especially had a massive uh, assisting for, for that. So uh, a lot of money to pay him. It really ties him down for a number of years. be interesting. We haven't got the full contract details uh, on that, but I do think it's a, an interesting an interesting piece of news um, in terms of the, the payday for him and uh, in terms of the value, I, I always thought he'd get re-signed. I didn't expect him to get quite that much. I thought that number would be more in the 60s. Um, so for him to get as much as he did, his agent has done a, a really, really good job. So, And uh, I mean, this is the this is the risk of free agency, isn't it? We see it every year players signing for substantially more than what you, I think, you sort of feel their worth is. Do you know what I mean? And I've got no problem with, no, no problem with players getting their money whatsoever. You know, no. Hey, we've got no problem with it. I just think, you know, this is why you like to get deals done before players are set to hit free agency because you overpay so much. Yeah, absolutely. I've got some more breaking news for you and you'll be interested in this one, Lee. So the Dolphins are expected to sign former Bills first round pass rusher Shaq Lawson. He had six and a half sacks last year. Yep, I saw that just pop up. Um, there was some rumours out there the last couple of days saying that they, they think the Dolphins would have interest. Don't don't get me on my Dolphin soap, soapbox already, but... I've been seeing, I mean, you're going to see so many players linked with the Dolphins because of the amount of cap space, the amount of draft capital they've got. You know, there's going to be a lot of reports. The Dolphins were clear at the start of last year that they would rather take three good players than than pay that one Ndamukong Sue contract. Do you know what I mean? Like they did before. I think that they're, they've tried to, they're trying to learn from their mistakes, whether it pans out as another matter, but they're saying, right, we've tried this. It hasn't worked for us. We're going the other route where we want to get solid players and we want to get more of them. And I think that's the route to go. But when you see the Dolphins linked with some of these higher price free agents, I, I think it's probably just people trying to um, up the market for that player. No, I agree. Uh, some details that have come out from Rap Sheet is a three-year deal worth $30 million for Shaq Lawson. So that's that's two players today that the Dolphins have signed for for three years, thirty million dollars. Well, there's, there's, also... let's move to the other one then. So we got a uh, offensive guard Eric Flowers agreed a three year, thirty million dollar contract with the with the Miami Dolphins today as well. So that's two guys locked up, one in each trench for I think relatively fair cap rate. I think Lawson is you could argue he's probably got a little bit more than what was expected, but it'd be interesting to see the guarantees on that. But the Eric Flower deals, I actually think that's a uh, a bit less than what I would have expected to see for him. So I think that's a, a good bit of business. Yeah, so there's 19 and a half guaranteed on the Eric Flowers contract. He's obviously from Miami. He played, the, sorry, for the U. So, I mean, um, the report was that he, he he wanted to come back to Miami. It's part of it. 
but also that the Dolphins want to play him at guard and not put him back out of tackle where the Giants seem to struggle with his mm. play there. Like you say, last year he played well at guard in Washington. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think and I'm all can... for signing linemen. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can argue that two of the biggest areas of deficiency for for the Dolphins is is to is both lines and uh, they're areas that they they cut a lot of people got some assets to to help rebuild that um, the line this year. So I think uh, shrewd shrewd business, especially on Eric Flowers' part. I think he's a very good player. It'd be nice to see him back at guard. Um, Shaq Lawson, it's, it's fair to say he's probably not lived up to the hype um, of being a, a first round pick, but um, you know, the one thing that you are getting with him is uh, a player who has played games, who knows the league. And I think there'll be a, a point in there. I don't think he'll get the 20 million guaranteed that Eric Flowers has got. I think if that number's more around 15, then you don't mind that. You can get away from that contract quite quite wisely. So it'd be interesting That's to see the it. guarantees they're both, they're on both short contracts. Yeah, you know, they're both. Three years, they're not locked into these players for, for a massive amount of time. It gives them a bit of wiggle room just trying to see if i can see the guarantees yeah and yeah, i think that's, that's it yeah but no it'd be interesting to see um what comes up with i'm going to blitz through a couple of a couple of extensions or, or signings here um that have happened so tight end blake jarwin agreed to a, a three-year 24.25 million dollar extension with the cowboys uh, i mean i don't really he's fine as a as a tight end but It'd be interesting to see what happens with Witten there and if he comes back. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders sign uh, linebacker Nick uh, Kowalkowski. Um, I, I don't know too much about him. I know he used to play for the Bears. Um, I don't know how much they've paid. It's just as a, a deal's been agreed. So um, we'll know a little bit more from this one. But um, obviously we, we sort of broke that um, spoiler Austin Hooper has uh, left uh, Atlanta and he has and has agreed terms to be the highest paid uh, tight end in football with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Cleveland got on this early. You know, it wasn't long. I mean, I think it was around 30 minutes after the tampering window opened that that news came through. Um, I would say the interest, there was a slightly interesting um, quote, and I can't remember who it was from, from one of the writers saying that uh, Hooper said he was leaning towards the Browns unless something happened, almost yeah. intimating that, it, you know, if anyone else wants to come, come get me, like, you know, this, let, let's talk still. So I, I think that's interesting, even though usually when you see these things come through as agreed, it's, it's a done deal. Yeah, well, that, that is a done deal. Now I'm looking on the, the numbers are, I've just got them here. He make 23 million all guaranteed over the first two seasons and then 10.5 million per year over four. They're going to have the weapons. The Brown, you know, there's, there's not going to be any excuses for Baker Mayfield. Everyone's there. Yeah, and and I think it's um, I think it's an interesting one because the thing I, I think I like Austin Hooper. I, th- I th- a lot of people are going to get on him, and a lot of people are going to um, say, you know, he um, doesn't deal with certain levels of coverage as well. I, I know PFF aren't the biggest fans of Austin Hooper. But the one thing is, is he's a fairly reliable tight end. He's put up some good numbers. I think he probably would have led the tight ends in, in yardage last year. Had he not got injured? Um, and you've got, you know, he'll play with Njuku. He's a great red zone weapon. And arguably what, uh, what the, the Browns failed to do last year was, was give red, t- uh, red zone touchdowns on a consistent basis. So um, I think it's a nice upgrade. Um there and especially as you can't trust in Juku to be fit as well. Yeah. And I think it also probably plays slightly into the fact that the the tight end class this year is a little bit skinny up top. Very skinny. Yeah. So uh, I, I think this this is a sort of result of looking ahead at the draft class and saying, right, we don't want to be left with we need to pick someone and get someone in the draft. Let's get our guy early. Yeah, I agree. And he's definitely the best the best one to to get there. Um in this market interestingly do you think they would have been interested in Hayden Hurst in the trade just because no. it's, inter- it's interesting that Hooper leaves Arizona uh, leaves Atlanta and then Atlanta goes straight out and make the trade well I think I think you, the one thing that Dirk Cutter as an offensive coordinator has always prided himself on is targeting tight ends and um, I don't think they wanted to pay Hooper I think they felt that they could get another big tight end uh, red zone uh, weapon 
the one thing that you can say with Browns is that, I mean, you don't know what's going on with the Browns. You've got a new head coach. Um, the one thing we do know about Stefanski is he ran more two tight end sets than any other um, offensive coordinator in the league last year. So with Njuku, and, and they bring different skills. So I think Njuku is going to be your more middle of the field, in between the 20s kind of guy. Um, and I think that Hooper is going to be your red zone weapon. So it's going to be another weapon for, for Mayfield to get touchdowns um, when you've got OBJ and Landry uh, fully running as well. That could be quite a decent little offense to to watch. Um, and I think that's why they brought him in. They brought him purely in for what he can do inside the 20. And I don't think you get the same feeling with Hayden Hurst. I think he's a touchdown guy, but he's never done it consistently with the injury. So I think that the Browns were locked on to Hooper early and think that this is our guy, we'll pay him, let's get it done. I think when you reset the market, it's a pretty narrow focus. You haven't gone out there to try and get one or two guys. You've you've just decided this is your guy, you're going to pay him, you're going to get it done. I like that mentality. I've got to be honest. Like, Identify the guy you want, do what it takes to get him in. If it, yeah. you know, we all know that the, these things don't always work out, but don't leave yourself in a position where you're forced into something in the draft or taking your second option. If you if you want a guy, make sure you get him. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's all the all the news from uh, since the tampering period has been opened. There has been a, a significant amount of time beforehand with um, the franchise tags uh, being confirmed. We had a number of them confirmed today i'm just going to go through and whittle through a few of these minnesota vikings placed uh, anthony harris on the tag patriots placed uh, joe thuny on the tag the cardinals placed a transition tag on kenyon drake um clearly they knew that they were getting rid of david johnson and they've made him the one he's going to earn 8.4 million this year as a as a running back which you know a lot of people scoff at paying running backs but it's there's no commitment on their part there's no deal they might try and get a deal out of him now with now he's on the transition tag um, that'd be interesting to see. The, and then uh, let's see who we got here on the tag. Bud Dupree, linebacker for the Steelers, was placed on the tag. Uh, AJ Green somehow miraculously got a franchise <laughs> tag. Uh, I, I'm a bit shocked by that. And I've left two guys out because these are the two I want to talk about. Um, let's start with the quarterback carousel, and there seems to be one less team on it, and that's um, Dallas after they placed the franchise tag on Dak Prescott. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, it was kind of expected, but now we know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was kind of expected, but really because they don't seem to be able to come to terms on a deal. Um, I don't know. It, you, you just hope that this doesn't kind of bring any sort of animosity between the team and the player, because if you really do like the player, just get the deal done. Like, mm. you know, quarterbacks are going to be expensive. That's not like... You can't save money there. It's unlikely that you're going to save money there. As like you say, I think it was it was it was obviously coming. I think they're still going to try and work something out to try and get that number down. Because I don't think they... you can. I don't think you can get that number down. I think he's going to need north of thirty-five million a year. And who who's to say that he's not worth that? Oh no, I just mean can can he not get it as a signing bonus to free up some cap? If it's if he's signed into a long term deal rather than the tag, which is fully guaranteed, it could be. There's a couple of factors that have gone in his favour, um, or are continuing to be in his favour. Um, the first is that Kirk Cousins today agreed a two year, sixty six million dollar extension with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, that puts him at uh, he's got three years left to run with a little over ninety million, so he's going to be earning about thirty thirty one million a year. A good example of the tag not being a bad thing. Absolutely. Played on the tag a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins has, has consistently made big, big money in this league. Uh, and he continues to to do so. Uh, he, you know, he's probably going to be, when it's all said and done, when at the point where he retires, he'll probably be the highest paid, per, uh, highest paid player. In terms of money paid at the moment, Eli Manning, I think Kirk Cousins is well on his way um, to beating that. But then you've also got the other factor with quarterbacks. You've still got Patrick Mahomes will probably get a deal at some point this year. Um, and it's in the Cowboys' interest to to get this one done because when yeah. when he gets paid, it's going to reset the the entire market. And I think I think Dallas now need to realise that it's going to cost over thirty five million a year to to get Dak and. You want to get that that number closer to thirty five than you do to forty, um, and I think whatever you can do to get it done now, 
um, get it get it done because I, I I think he's a good quarterback. Do I think he's a franchise quarterback? <sighs> that remains to be seen. I don't think many of what's gone wrong in the last few seasons is his fault. Um, it'd be interesting no. what he does under McCarthy. I think that will be the real test to see what he's got. I agree with you completely because, uh, like you say, it's, it's not his fault necessarily, the stuff that's gone on. I just don't, for me, don't think he really elevates the players around him that much. And that's always been the big problem that people have with some of these like middle-tier quarterbacks is how much does he elevate the talent around him? And now, once you pay that 35 to $40 million, you restrict what else you can put around him. And I think this is it's that dangerous area that teams get into when when the quarterback finishes his rookie deal yeah absolutely but I do think what you what you do get in in exchange of that is this I think at the end of the day he's paid in the league for like no money at all I think he got two million dollars last year Um, and I think part of his reckoning is he wants to be paid in part for what he has done he wants fair yeah. retribution. And I think that's what is elevating his number in the terms of, listen, you've had th- four years of me earning next to nothing. Part of it is I want retribution for what I have done. And then part of it is what I'm going to do for you going forward. And I think that is how he is viewing this He's contract, um, which is what's driving the demand. And, and ultimately people are going to pay, uh, pay that money. Um, as we saw yesterday with, uh, Ryan Tannehill, he got a four-year, $118 million extension with the Tennessee Titans, um, which is just an absolutely, uh, I mean, eye-watering amount of money for a guy who <laughs> effectively was a backup this time last year. Um, but fair play to him because he bet on himself. He he went to Tennessee. Um, he forgo a lot of money to make that happen. Um, he backed himself to win the job. He backed himself to maintain it, took them to the title game uh, and has now been rewarded uh, in an eye-watching way where a lot of this money is guaranteed. I think it's 66 million yes. uh, fully guaranteed. But what's interesting is that another 24 and a half million is guaranteed. It might even be slightly more than that. I don't have numbers in front of me. It puts it up in the 90s somewhere. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. is guaranteed in the fifth year of the league year next year, his 2022 salary. So if they were to cut him um, before that fifth year league year, he would, it would cost 40 million to cut him or 39 and a half million. So realistically he is barring an injury in the 2020 2021 season. He is going to be, in fact, it's guaranteed against injury. So he's going to earn 90 odd million in the next three years. They can get away from the contract quite easily in year four for for five million. So um, it's a lot of money he's he's got paid. And and that's where the market is now is this sort of 30 million a year. And I, you know, if I'm, if I'm Dak Prescott and I'm looking at Kirk Cousins getting that money and I'm looking at Ryan Tannehill getting the money he's got, he's got to sit there and say, I'm, I'm better than those guys and I should be paid. I should be paid more uh, to, to yeah. do it. I mean, I'm a big Ryan Tannehill fan anyway. I, I'll be honest, I think he was absolutely neglected by the Dolphins and their use of the offensive line in his time in Miami. The times that he had decent O-line play, he played like a good quarterback. So, I, I mean, I'm happy to see him get this deal. I actually, I like him. He always comes across well as a as a person as well. Um, I think this this shows that and the Cowboys is probably something they should be aware of, is teams that have good quarterback play, I'm not saying elite quarterback play, but good quarterback play, think that it's easy to replace that until they have to try and replace it. And then it'd be, you know, because no one questioned that Marcus Mariota was the starting quarterback there when Ryan Tannehill got traded. Yet now I could I could make a decent argument to you that if Ryan Tannehill started the season, they would have been close to getting a bye. Yeah. It, the, the the gulf between those two players w- was massive, and I no. think you know if, if the Cowboys want to try and play hardball with, with Dak Prescott, you can easily come out on the wrong end of it, and you you end up looking for another guy, and it's not easy to find someone. No, it really isn't. Um, and so there's now a few teams that are in this market. Um, we saw today that the Buccaneers placed uh, the franchise tag on Shaq Barrett and not on Jameis Winston which leads you to believe that they are in the market for a quarterback. And more importantly, we do not know at this time of recording 
where Tom Brady is heading. But we do know that the seats on the carousel are getting very, very thin because with all these deals um, and tags being made, realistically, you've got the Colts, the Chargers, the Buccaneers and the Patriots. They're realistically the four. We're going to exclude Cincinnati and Miami uh, purely on the grounds of we're pretty confident they're going to take their, their shots in, in the draft. In the draft. Do you, do you put um, Chicago on there? Been a lot of talk about maybe someone going into Chicago, even a Derek Carr or uh, Andy Dalton. I mean, very much so, but I, I wouldn't put them on the carousel only because they, they do have a quarterback there, whether you're happy with him or not. He is there on a cheap deal for another Agreed. year. Um, and like you said, they're after what I basically is a tier, a tier two player. Um, Chicago can't go up and, and get a player in the draft. They don't have a first round pick. Um, so they're, they're either going to rely on one of these second tier guys. And what will be interesting is what happens. I mean, what, we're waiting on Tom Brady. Once Tom Brady has well, uh, got a destination, if he goes back, then we can kind of guess where things are going to go from there. Um, if he moves to a team, that's where things get interesting. So Michael Giardi has just put out that he, he is told the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have made their intentions to Tom Brady loud and clear. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone would dispute that. Um, all the information I have is that the Buccaneers have put everything on the table on, on Tom Brady. Hang on, and I've got something else for you. Go on then. The, the Bears are talking to Teddy Bridgewater about a deal that, if finalised, would most likely make him the starter over Mitchell Trubisky. Wow, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to take no. you away from the, no, <laughs> the other good. quarterbacks. Just, no, no, no. That, well, again, this is starting to now narrow the focus. So, you know, you asked the question about Chicago. If they're going in for Bridgewater, I think that, that deal is almost a no-brainer. Um, I think he suits that style of offense well. Um, and I think he's going to give you a lot that, that Mitch doesn't. And it will effectively put Mitch in a very uncomfortable situation where I wouldn't say his career's over in the NFL, but he's going to struggle to get another job. He's on the Josh Rosen path right now. Well, him and Mariota, yeah. I think then yeah. the... It's funny. I was going to say to you, so who who is the guy who's going to be left out? Is it Winston or Mariota? Because <laughs> there's only so many seats here and we've got a bunch of quarterbacks plus the incoming draft class. Yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of it depends on Tom Brady. <laughs> and it does, because if Tom Brady oh, goes... Because I think if Tom Brady goes back to New England, I think Jameis goes back to Tampa on a cheap deal. Um, circa 22, 20, 20 to 22 million. Um, I think they work out a short-term deal. Um, because he'd rather take playing over not playing. Yeah, um, Take another year, take your shot, see if you can do better next year. Do you think, think there's a market for him outside of Tampa? Mm, because I, I've not I think seen that, anything that, that makes you feel that someone else is going, cool, he's the guy we want. He He seems like he's going to be the second prize for whoever gets him. I think that market is greatly diminishing. Um, so I, here's what I think happens. I think that, I think the Phil Rivers goes to, I think Phil Rivers goes to the Colts. I think that is so likely to happen now that that is, that I think that just gets done. So then you're looking at the Chargers, the, the Bucks and the um, Patriots. Now, the Chargers are in a, a bit of a luxury position here because they want Tom Brady. They will try and go after Tom Brady. They will see if they can get him. Um, if they can't get him, um, <laughs> and they'll feel that the LA thing should be enough, plus the weapons, plus everything else. But let's say that Tom Brady foregoes uh, LA for whatever reason. If he foregoes LA, then the Chargers still have um, a high draft pick. They have six. They can move up. They can... Uh, maneuver around. They, they've got enough capital to do something to achieve or try and move up. Ironically, I think Winston could be an option. I'm not sure. I don't think he'd be their first choice or their second choice. But I think if they decided that they wanted other needs, I could see them taking Winston, but not on a deal that he wants, but on a deal that is team friendly. Same thing with the Patriots, because the Patriots don't have the luxury of a high draft pick. So, um, and I don't what see them moving up. Space? Or a lot of cap space. So I think they they are looking at this quite precariously because if they don't get Tom Brady back, I can't see them starting with Jared Stidham. 
I just can't see it. So it's a case of it might be for them. It might be see Teddy Bridgewater back to back to the Patriots would have made some sense um, yep. for me as a short term option. I know he's already been there. He knows the offense. Could but could could Jameis end up in New England? It wouldn't shock me. <clears throat> Again, on a cheap deal, do it the Patriot way, all that malarkey. I yep. think the the option to try and go for a ring, I think he'll give Bill nightmares, but... <clears throat> oh, God, yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> the, I, I think cause all, all Bill Belichick wants is don't turn it over. And I, I don't want to harp on it because... It, it can be fixed. I'm not saying that. It, I'm not saying that it's a problem that can't be fixed for James Winston. But no. the, the good thing that Tom Brady does is he's a great decision maker for all all the talent he has and all that. He doesn't make terrible decisions, and that you know always keeps them in games. You know they they would rather go three and out than throw a pick. You know it's it, which is why I think they definitely go like you say the route the Patriots go if it's not Tom Brady is definitely a veteran because it's it fits what they do better. Someone who knows, who has that experience in the league. Yeah. Well, I think that's why the Buccaneers want, want Brady. They want to put, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they need someone who's going to put bums in seats. They want someone who's going to, you know, energize the, the fan base and someone who's not going to turn the football over. And I think, yep. I don't think it happens. Um, for any other reason, I just think that Tom Brady goes back to New England. I think he just does. I think he just wanted some love and, Comfort, and I think he retires a, a Patriot, and that's almost the appropriate thing to do. But yeah, I mean, he should retire a Patriot. It, it, don't get me wrong; as much as I'd love to not see have to play him twice next year, you know, I think it's such a shame when you see great players like that at the end of their career go somewhere else. More often than not, it's not successful for them, and they end up just kind of walking away, a shell of what they were. And he he should go out with the Patriots. You know, hope should be winning. Do you know what I mean? He should go out on the back of a win, and that, you know, should only play for one team. But I understand the temptation. I know, you know, you think you still got it in you. you yeah, can still get the money. I don't think it's about the money, but you know, like you say, I think it's about the love. Just show me that you want me. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think a little bit is is about the money because this is his last payday, right? And I think he's, uh, I think oh, he's, he's getting for that. He's going to get some decent money. But it's yeah. definitely show, show me that you love me and that you don't just expect me to to be back. No, absolutely. Um, just want to touch upon uh, a couple of bits of news. Um, just seen a tweet from Stefan Diggs saying time for a new beginning. So yeah. I, mean, that, I think he's a name to watch in, in the next 24 hours. We've talked about Tom Brady, the quarterback uh, carousel, ad nauseum. A couple of other bits of business that have been done. Clarence Campbell got traded to Baltimore in exchange for a fifth round pick. Love um, that trade to Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, cost nothing. Um, so, uh, they um, did give him a deal, didn't they? They did extend his contract. I can't remember. Yeah, what the two year, two year, twenty million ish. Two year, twenty million, twenty five million ish. It wasn't extortion amount of money. That's kind of what they're working on. I don't think it's done yet, but it's expected to get done. Uh, Bradley Roby got paid by the Texans three year, 36 million. Uh, Devin McCourty is going to end his career as a Patriot two year, 23 million. The cap got uh, announced to 198.2 million uh, this year. Um, I'm just looking at some big names. Justin Simmons got tagged by the Broncos. Um, So some big names to look out for. Uh, over the next couple of days, Tom Brady is clearly going to be the the domino for the rest of the quarterbacks, and we'll know more about that. Mari Cooper hasn't got a deal, so he's one to watch. Uh, Jadavian Clowney hasn't got a deal; uh, he's definitely one to watch. Byron Jones is a free agent. Interestingly, heard there's a few teams that are very interested in Byron Jones. Yeah, no surprise. In the Dolphins, uh, I think a lot of teams will will be in for him. Which is interesting with no no interception in the past two seasons. I know it's not the be all and end all, but it's just interesting that he's still the top corner on the market. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's experience, and he also hasn't had a lot of help on the other side in Dallas, and I think that that definitely has hurt them. The other couple I would be watching for is Corey Littleton and Jack Conklin, uh, are two players I'd be watching over the next um, the next couple of days as well to see. Um, where they end up. And then lastly, just for the final couple of minutes, um, the CBA has been agreed since we last uh, spoke. So 
Um, thoughts on the CBA passing? I thought it was very interesting with the fact that it only passed by 60 votes. Um, also, thought it was very interesting the amount of players who didn't vote. You know, it was around a 500 mark, if I remember rightly. Yeah, it was about 20%. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's still a pretty good turnout, but you would think it was in everybody's interest to vote and they only had to click yes, no on an email. It wasn't a huge process. So although the turnout seems good when you think of it in kind of election sort of terms, this this process was made so easy, you would have thought the players who... Because the players, for the most part, seemed to be quite against the deal. We had it was high-profile players that were coming out and saying they didn't like it. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, um, Richard Sherman, among a few others. But then a little bit later into the week, you started hearing some players come out actually in favour of it. And I I watched um, the video that Ryan Fitzpatrick put out, and I thought he talked very well, very kind of down to earth and, and sensible about it. And it, it explained the benefits that it had to the majority of the roster rather than, you know, the, the kind of NFL one percenters. Yeah. You know, I think it, say, it, it seemed to be the, the players on all the big contracts that were the most worried about it. Whereas the biggest effect that it had was raising those minimum salaries for the players on the bottom end of the roster. And I think that's really important that they get, you know, better compensation Especially, you know, as we spoke the other day about um, players getting moved around the league, it's so easy for teams to move on from players. They need that compensation. I think it's interesting that we get a 17th game, possibly starting from next season. Also, the size of the of the squads going up, I think, makes quite a difference as well. I'd be really interested to see how that impact, impacts um, other leagues like the XFL, because now the, the NFL rosters need that extra, I think, is it four players? Yeah, so um, it went up three, three roster spots. Three. So I just wonder if you start to see, you know, some of the the players that had played really well in the XFL get added to the to those. Do you know what I mean? It just takes a few more players off the market. It could do. I don't know. I don't know how much of an impact. It's not really a feeder league, so I you'll get a couple of players. Philip Walker, for example, will be. Uh, one that you would expect but ultimately what is um so i think the 17th game is going to come in in 2021 it's going to yeah. shorten the preseason so there's going to be three preseason games instead of um instead of four and that's where the 17th game is going to come in um the revenue split's quite important because what it has done is it's moved it up a little bit more into the players uh favor it's gone from gone up to 48 percent and that could increase uh through to 48.8 percent um so it's gone up an entire percent which doesn't sound like a lot but with the billions that are on the table <laughs> that's a, a lot of money we're, talk- we're talking a lot of money here <laughs> um yeah a lot more relaxed uh drug testing rules on marijuana which is uh obviously a uh, key for quite a number of players in there um, Is it too late to bring Ricky Williams back? Just ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think him and Gronk might be a bit happier with these sorts of things. Um, so yeah, sorry, the roster increases by two spots, so it's fifty-three to fifty-five. So it's okay. two extra players per roster. I'm not sure. I don't think this has changed the game day roster. To I'm not sure if that's still yeah, reflected. Yeah, it does. It does. It does change the game day roster, and I can't remember the exact figure off the top of my head. But also with the game day roster, you have to have eight linemen on it, eight O linemen, I believe. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I have to dig into that a little bit more. I'm not over familiar there. And then what we've got is uh, the new playoff system comes in this year, so now fourteen um, fourteen uh, teams uh, will make the playoffs instead of twelve. That will basically mean that two extra teams. With only one team getting a bye, which makes officially, I guess, a little bit more difficult. It could make games a little bit more meaningful. Could also kill teams uh, a little bit more as well. So that will be interesting. I like the one team getting a bye. I, yeah, I do too. That that I like. I think it. You know. Yeah, it, I'm not. I'm not so sure about the seventeen getting. Uh, getting a spot i mean don't get me wrong i love it if the bucks or like the dolphins for example get that spot but i'm yeah. not too sold on uh the validity of having a sort of in effect a watered down playoff 
from having uh, slightly poorer teams uh, in it. But um, I guess what I don't want to see is eight and eight, seven and nine teams get in. If if teams get a winning record, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, if a team gets in with eight and eight, I, I just don't know how hungry I'm going to be to see an eight and eight um, team get in there. So, but we've got all to look forward to. I'd like to have seen them do something about. Sorry, I'm just seeing that the Colts have had discussions with Philip Rivers pop up on the free agency screen next. Yeah, year. I think um, that's, that's. I've seen that for the last few hours. I'm, like I said, not shocked if that one gets over the line. No, um, I, to be honest, I'd like to have seen them do something with, with regards to teams winning a division with a losing record and hosting a playoff game. I'd love to have seen some way around that because it, it seems like. Yes, by winning your division, you get the privilege of going into the playoffs. I understand that, even if it's with a losing record. But then to to host a home game against a team with a winning record just seems, I don't know, it just just doesn't quite sit right with me. Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, Um, I think in that instance, it should be on a, you know, it's just as simple as if you get into the playoffs, you still play the same seeds, except the team with the highest record plays at home. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but then the only thing that skews that as a counterpoint is, let's say you've got an Owen 16 team in there, you're effectively getting two wins. Like you could have, you could play in a division where you've got two teams with a combined like three wins um, and four of your wins are made up of playing two of the worst teams in the league. Uh, and then therefore you have an inflated record. You didn't win your division because you lost out to somebody. So I don't, I don't think there's a, I think any way you skin it, it's always going to be someone a bit, I yeah, someone's going to be miffed either way. Yeah, um, at least at least division uh, winners is more often or not that team is reasonably good. Um, I can't remember the last time a division winner uh, won their division with an eight and eight record. Um, I'm sure someone out there can tweet me and and let me know. Um, how, many, how many wins did the Eagles have last year? They had nine. I remember because it, it was a few years ago now. But the did the Panthers not get in with a seven nine record a few years back? Ah, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> okay, going way too far back. I'm getting off track, but yeah, um, I'm just more shocked that we haven't had any more deals in the last 20 minutes. It seems to have gone <laughs> quite quiet, which means that there could be something. Uh, There's something big brewing, which you uh, know, you know that means as soon as we turn off these microphones, it's dropping. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, I think that might be the case, but I think we're going to have to take that chance and let. Uh, let something big drop. Um, I'm just going to check one more source to see if there is any more news. Uh, and if there's not, then we can wrap it up. I appreciate this is not the best uh, audio. So apparently Mike Garofalo is saying is not, he is not expecting Teddy Bridgewater to land with the Bears. Interesting. This is 12 minutes ago. Other QB options in play there. Okay. So they're, def- they're definitely looking is what we can take from that. So yeah, we definitely know they are, they are looking. Um, Michael Lombardi is saying that he's hearing a source that the Bears want Nick Foles. Wow. That's what I'm getting. So, yeah, there you go. So, I don't think Teddy to <laughs> Teddy to Chicago is is as done as people say. I'm glad we can correct that one before we sign off. Yeah, um, definitely. So, I think, yeah, I think it's looking more likely he's not going to be there. Um, but, yeah, it's been good to chat with you, mate. Uh, I love it as always. Um we we do have a live uh, free agency updates um since we've been recording we haven't touched it um try and get somebody to update that um been furiously trying to work through it all day um to keep it up to date so do log in there we'll try and keep that as up to date as we can and then we'll update it first thing in the morning as well with any trade uh, trades or signings that happen overnight there's a lot of names that we didn't uh, mention on there. My personal favorite, CJ Ham, the fullback getting a nice four year deal. I, you know, pleased for him. So, um, but there's a lot of activity that's happened in the last few days. That's the best place to check it out is at fiveyearrush.co.uk uh, forward slash live free agency updates. You can check it out there. Um, and we will be back or uh, no stocks and, and potentially Ash and then potentially you and me. I don't know. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, in some form of capacity to go through uh, the latest updates. Maybe this time tomorrow we will know that um, Tom Brady's played everyone all along and, uh, all along and has remained uh, a Patriot. Maybe he'll be a Buccaneer and I'll probably not be allowed on the podcast because I'll be a little bit giddy. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely a chance that he just comes out and says, 
Well, of course I'm re-signing with the Patriots, would you? <laughs> What's all the noise about? <laughs> why would I be going anywhere else? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Like, why always me? Just put a Balotelli shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that. Yeah, why always me? Uh, right, mate. Well, look, this has been uh, great. Rush Nation, as always, check out all the work we're doing at Five Yard Rush uh, on all the uh, socials. Get involved. Uh, we launched a new thing this week where we're doing a Twitter mock draft. We do have a handful of seats available. Um, if that is up your bag and you like college football and you want to get involved in our NFL fan mock draft um, currently have a couple of seats available so the Ravens, the Bills, the Panthers uh, the Browns uh, the Cow uh, sorry, Ravens, Panthers, Browns Cowboys, Packers, Texans, Rams Vikings, Saints, Jets 49ers, Seahawks, we're looking for two people of each team, most of those only need one seat for haven't got any Cowboys or any Rams involved. So if you are a fan of any of those teams, uh, do reach out to uh, the Twitter account, which is at UK fans mock draft or at us at, at five yard rush. And we'll keep you updated on how many spots we're looking to get this started on Friday. So um, if you want to get involved, that'd be great. But we keep sending tweets out, so just keep getting involved on there. Um, but until tomorrow, Rush Nation, unless Lee, you've got any more news. No, I've, I've just been checking. I can't see anything else right now. I thought I'd just double check that. Uh, right, so until tomorrow, Rush Nation, keep rushing. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.